could there be an NFL version of what we've seen with Live Golf? What would that look like? Could money change the game for the NFL? And some big decisions coming for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray's future this season. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. You should be one. Just subscribe up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the notification bell as well uh, on YouTube so you know when we go live like an episode uh, like this one and get into the mailbag a little bit. Matt, and uh, I want to start with uh, a very interesting question here. Seeing what's going on in the PGA Tour and the Live Golf and the, the Saudi money that's come in and really changed the structure of, of what's happening there and, and shaking things up. Joey Bag of Donuts, by the way, uh, a great, great, yeah, handle, good work. great uh, tweeter into the program. Longtime listener says, how long before the Saudis make their own football league and try to take the NFL's best players? Who knows? But I mean, it's not my specialty, but I think it's an interesting conversation. You know, if I'm, I don't know enough about the golf stuff, so I'm kind of talking up my butt a little bit, but I mean, that if I'm them with that much money and I attacked one sport that's highly, highly popular in the U S as well as other countries, why not attack the sport? That's the most popular, you know, I mean, that is the best one. Well, Again, I don't know the logistics of this. I'm not a billionaire financial advisor or whatever. But I would think it's a heck of a lot easier to steal a golfer who pays his caddy and his people as opposed to 53 football players. And, oh, by the way, football players have a short shelf life. That's always been a problem for these expansion leagues is – Golfers can play what 30, 40 years, you know, <laughs> in, in the senior uh, the first tour, right? Big name, the first big name they got was Phil Mickelson, who's 50, right? Yeah, so right. He's been playing my whole life, basically. That would be the equivalent of going and getting, um, you know, a, a basically a, a almost Rogers. retired or retired player. Like, yeah, like you start your live league with Roethlisberger and Breeze, and uh, you know, you try to get Tom Brady over there, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where it would start. Uh, it's it's much more difficult. Golf is more popular over there than football is. You know, right, football's right, right, more right. popular here. Football is king. But um, yeah, you're putting together entire teams, and if you wanted a league, you would have to fill it with the, all the players that you know the XFL has and the USFL and all those. You'd be competing with those for a lot of the roster, especially to start. So it'd be so much more difficult. And you know, Matt, where I would start if I was in charge of building that league and I had unlimited funds. I'd start with current, the players you could get, or you should try to get first, is current NFL running backs who are mad about how much money they're making oh, there you versus go. their competitors. Could you go get, could you start the league with stars like Saquon Barkley and, and Dalvin Cook and and some players that that think they should make a lot more money than they do in the NFL? And then you would have maybe start to have some reasons for um, for people to tune in. What if you what if you put together, you know, 
eight teams, and some of them had Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, and you had um, I don't know. Is there any ex, is there any older quarterbacks that still really want to play that you are can like, show, you could definitely get Zeke Elliott and Fournette right. and Dalvin Cook right now. I mean, like those yeah. dudes that are kind of falling out of favor. You know, I think that's not crazy. Yeah, could you, could you get the quarterbacks? Is a big question. So my big question is taking it a step further is. Ben Breeze, even Rogers, somebody who is active that's up in age, the Mickelsons. I don't want Peacock and Williamson blocking for me, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and golfers yeah. don't need centers and tackles and guards to be successful, you know? Right. And so you go get one of the best golfers in the world, you go put him on a golf course, he's that golfer still. Mm-hmm. And he's probably played the same course. They're playing the same course as they would be playing in the PGA right. Tour. Uh, but tennis would be fine, you right. know, bowling, you know, whatever, you know, but how long would not it when take I need people to block for me? How long would it take to put together an actual team that, that looks decent on the field? And yeah, this, wh- who, who are, who are going to play with those stars? If you are mm-hmm. able to steal a dozen stars away from the NFL and X players and big names, you know, who are the rest of the guys going to be? And how's that going to work? How's that going to look? So just so much more unlikely that there's yeah. almost zero chance. I tend to agree. It, you know, maybe baseball would be easier. I'm thinking about other team sports or basketball or hockey, where there's only five guys on the, the field or court. Right. At the same like time, golf's the easiest know? because you bring one golfer over; he's the same guy. He golfs. Yep. Uh, basketball, fewer guys. You could bring some stars. Yeah, it, pay him out out the butt. You know, right? Part of the reason it was able to happen is there was there were players that were unhappy with the PGA too. And are you going to find players that are super unhappy with their current league and think there's a better thing out there for them? Unless you're a running back, like you said. Money's so. huge. <laughs> right. I, I can see the running back saying, oh, this is way better. I can make twice as much per year going and playing in this league as a running back than this league that's not valuing me as much. Hey, Austin Eckler, you want $15 million a year as opposed to the peanuts you've been making? Yeah, that sounds attractive. I got two more years left and probably three because I'll still be good in this league, but I wouldn't be able to play the third year in the NFL or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, weird question. <laughs> Do they play in the Middle East? Like Football that's a, at all? No, I mean the golf league, the live stuff. Yeah, there, there's, there's tournaments everywhere all around the world. I mean, again, I don't know anything that just sounds hot to play football in saudi arabia <laughs> well I, I know, like, this is like dubai is a big golf okay um Good you know I, I don't know exactly where all of the uh the golf courses are but there's yeah there's there's golf happening all around the world different times of the year it's, it's okay it's kind of a year-round thing i just tend to think and i'm not a geography major but the middle east seems a little warm and sandy and hot for 11 on 11 football with pads for 60 minutes they wear <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> field conditions. You got to build stadiums. There's already golf right. courses that exist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. The logistics get pretty difficult. Last nugget though, is I do think it's noteworthy because really, I mean, in our lifetime, we've seen many new leagues come in to either rival or try to compete with the NFL. And the only one that's truly been successful is the one that was before our time is the AFL. You know I mean? But the AFL stole, Joe Namath and guys like that right out of college. USFL did it with Reggie White and Steve Young and those type of dudes. And it had some traction, but it's just hard to compete. I mean, it's such a monopoly. It's such a juggernaut. And, you know, the NFB, deep down, the NFL has shortage of offensive linemen now, and you need them so much for the stars to look like stars. 
what's the offensive line situation going to be like in league number two, three, four, you know? Yeah. Ain't happening. I don't think. The more we talk about it, the less likely it seems. It's, it's a lot NFL easier. owners have it pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's why they're selling their uh, franchise. Doing okay. Yeah. Hundreds of billions of dollars. Next, we've got a question about those Arizona Cardinals. They have an interesting decision about moving on from Kyler Murray. And uh, we'll get into the chat a little bit as well. Next, today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, you can take your first swing betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So that's right. You bet 20 bucks, you'll get $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose on that very first bet. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Uh, tons of great bets. The uh, Bet on the, the World Series odds, which are the Atlanta Braves and Tampa Bay Rays right now leading the way to be in the next World Series. Super Bowl odds in, uh, in the NFL. Uh, there is... Rookies of the year, build your own parlays. Can, can I tell you how much I love the website, how easy it is to build your own parlays, how easy it is to navigate the website and the app, no matter if you're betting Major League Baseball, NFL, if you're betting golf, you can do it all at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And all you got to do is sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we've got the new, uh, some new graphical things here that, uh, that yeah. are on <laughs> and Williamson and throughout the network because of various outlets that are picking up our shows. And, and so the, the network is growing really cool. Uh, we'll, we'll see if the, the Saudis buy Locked On Network and, and uh, <laughs> put the money at, at Peacock and Williamson. Uh, all right, here we go. Cardinals moving on from Kyler Murray. Here's an interesting one. And we'll go to Mike yeah. here on Twitter. He says, Everyone assumes Arizona goes quarterback in the draft next year, but I don't see how they can move on from Kyler's contract. Feels very Wilson Watson. Is that how you two see it? I think it's a really interesting conversation. And of course we're predicting the future, which is dangerous territory, but heck it's the end of June and there's not a lot going on, you know? So a lot of us just assume the Cardinals are going to end up with two top five picks. You know, Houston's in their own. These teams stink. You know, there's no, nowhere to go but down. They're going to tank. And that very well could be true. I think there's a high percentage chance that happens. I've also said over and over that once the Cardinals are one in six, is there really a reason to rush Kyler back if and when he's finally healthy? You know, at that point, what are you really accomplishing? However... This staff has never worked with Kyler Murray on game day. You know, putting some tape out there sure wouldn't hurt your cause to trade him if that's your choice. And you and I had a really good conversation over and over leading to this past draft. And I think we're in agreement, and I don't mean to speak for you, but it applied to the Bears and Justin Fields. If you think the incoming rookie quarterback is better than your guy, even if your guy is an A minus player or a B plus player, at that position, I think you take him. Agreed? Yes. I mean, most of the time, there's a, I mean, there is an opportunity cost there. You know, like if the Bears would have stayed at one, trade fields for 75 cents on the dollar, take young, 
get a little younger at the position, get a little more financially stable at the position. There's things they don't get in return. DJ Moore's not on your team. You don't have the future first, you know, so there is a weighting value of it. But if I can upgrade a tier, or at least you think you do at that position, I think you're kind of crazy not to. I mean, if you think you're truly upgrading, yeah, then at that important position, then it makes sense. And then the the other part of it is what you get back for Kyler. And that's what's the, sticky to me in the contract thing. So Kyler's contract, you'd be eating a ton of money because Kyler contract, yeah. he just signed his new deal. It started in, uh, in 2022. So last right, year he signed right. his new contract and really the big money doesn't kick in until 2024 is when you'd be trading Kyler Murray away. So this year his, his uh, cap hits aren't, aren't big at all. So the, the really jumps up in 2024. So you'd be handing off a team, a, a contract, yearly that is you know uh base salary of 37 million in 2024 and you know but and it actually kind of goes down a little bit from there but there would be a big hit in 2024 for whatever team takes on that salary and a big hit for the cardinals but it wouldn't be tons of you know the the dead money is like 46 million so uh, okay. in the end and you know bonuses there's there's game bonuses and roster bonuses so you'd be you'd be paying some signing bonus but you wouldn't be paying some bonuses that that happen later in the contract that the team that's trading for him would get so if if they thought that they're getting a super star quarterback that's better than their guy who's cheaper who's younger mm-hmm. and they can find a team to give them something for Kyler Murray. I don't think the contract is going to get in the way because the team would see Kyler Murray as a 26, 27 year old quarterback. That's better than the guy they're going to be able to get. And they'd be more than happy because Kyler Murray is going to get $37 million per year as a free agent. If he comes back and plays like he has. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, without doing a deep dive on the Cardinals contract situation and cap situation, I'm assuming they don't have a lot of big numbers that they could say, hey, we'll eat a fair amount of his cap if it gets us a better pick in return. You know, we have the cap space. We want the picks. So that makes it more appealing. And I found it funny. I mean, that this we got this question because Luke from Locked On Vikings even yesterday said, maybe Kyler Murray. You know, like other teams are exploring that option yeah. already. Like, you know? I think that puts a uh, – that that's, that's, that's perfect, actually, because right, – right. about- what's the quarterback the Minnesota Vikings could get? Cause they're kind of in that mid zone where they're going to be too good with Kirk cousins to be drafting in the top three to, to take one of those clear, clear upgrade players. So what, do you have to trade a bunch of future picks to go up? Well, what about this? What if, what if they end up with the 15th pick in the draft, you right. trade that for Kyler Murray and you or don't have to pay a lot of his signing bonus. Yeah, You're yeah, actually yeah. kind of ahead of the game. And there's your way you get better and younger at quarterback and move on from from Kirk Cousins. And, you know, listening to Luke talk, it sounds like he would prefer Kyler Murray over Kirk Cousins Mm -hmm. for the Vikings going forward. So there's going to be suitors for Kyler Murray unless he doesn't look good this year coming back from his injury. And I promise you there were GMs that when the Murray contract was signed said, boy, I wouldn't have made that deal. But... When this conversation comes about, the cap is going to look different. What you're paying him is going to look different. You know, he already got signing bonus, et cetera, et cetera. And the only thing is, what are the chances that Kyler's on the field profile is better next offseason than it was when he signed the contract? Like, does he have much of a chance to improve his stock? You know what I mean? Like, you're going off old film. 
Yeah, yeah, I, he I, he'll, he'll be more valuable probably as just a pure player. Take everything else out of it, Kyler Murray. I think people like him more this coming off season than right now. Okay, I mean, that's possible. I mean, just because give me the give me door number two as opposed to the guy I have. You know, he's, he's coming off a season where he finishes it healthy if he does, and if he plays yeah, yeah. well, and teams are going to look at him and say, okay, that's good. he's an NFL starter, and he's in a tier where mm-hmm. we can't really get to right now, and there's going to be teams that are going to realize that they can't get to that tier. So that, that it's totally doable, I think, for the Cardinals, and they'll have mm-hmm. to ask themselves the same question the Bears did. The Bears, they're like, hey, well, we've, we've still got a young coin flip of a quarterback. Why do we want to trade him for another young coin flip of a quarterback? Let's keep mm-hmm. this going. We like our own guy enough. The Cardinals might be in a situation where, like, you know, it's much better for us to go trade – uh, our current quarterback and get this guy in house, or they might see they might see, oh, we can get a one for Kyler and get rid of his contract, or we can get three ones and keep Kyler and for the first all, right, 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 and take Marvin Harrison Jr. for Kyler with the third pick or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And another yeah, guy, it, and then a couple more guys later, right? Right, so, right. It, it is interesting. They're going to have a lot of chips. I, I tend to think deep down the easiest answer is. Caleb Williams is obviously the the target here as, as we sit here in June, subject to change. But if he is a Lawrence Luck-like prospect, consensus number one, any year he comes out, you just take him. And if you're the Cardinals, you have to be careful because you're operating as if Kyler's your guy and that's it. Because mm-hmm. you still have to get the number one pick. Because if you get the number right. two, that changes the equation as well. And as we know in the NFL, the ball bounce is funny. We think the Cardinals are the worst team, but that does not guarantee you that they're going to end up with the number one pick in the draft this year. What's funny is basically in any sport, like I know so little about basketball, but this guy the Spurs took first overall is 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, that's a shooting yeah. guard or whatever. That's a Zion, LeBron-like, you know, rare prospect, Luck Lawrence-type prospect. Rarely in history, those guys get moved, though. You know, there was that era where Elway could, like, hold out and force people to move them. But those days are done. You know, like, I always talk about Mario Lemieux here. He was that guy coming out of junior hockey where there's obscene trade offers that people have verified now 20 years after the fact. You could have any five guys off my team. You could have all my draft picks for the next 10 years. No, no, no. Like, there's, there's... you know, I, I guess many teams approach the Bengals for Burrow, and there was no cost to say yes, you know, for those guys. Cavs weren't trading LeBron. Hey, and and Caleb Williams could fall on his face too, or Drake May, or no doubt. You know, or, or there's every year there's the quarterback we're not talking about right now that we don't really I, like. I don't even follow college football that close, except for as mm-hmm. it pertains to the NFL draft. It, it's minor league football, as far as I'm concerned. But there's probably some some player somewhere that, that I'm not really, you know, paying attention to. He's going to shoot up draft boards, and there's going to be, yeah. you know, oh, it's it's not just two guys; it's three guys. Or it wasn't these two; it's actually these two other guys. It's this mm-hmm. guy and this guy instead of this guy and this guy. So, um, a lot has to play out, and you think you know what's going to happen in the NFL? Not only wait a year, wait a month, and and you'll yeah. be shocked at the developments you see in this league. Or Williams, heaven forbid, has some medical issue or off the field issue. I mean, Jalen Carter looked like a perfectly clean first prospect you know not that long ago you know and there's so many examples in the nfl of quarterbacks taken first overall that are close to being the luck level i mean not everyone golf wasn't that level but i mean an elite level dude but even in other sports i mean 
I know you're not a huge hockey guy, but Eric Lindros was the second coming. Yeah, he was okay. You, you know, I mean, Zion right. all of a sudden Eric is... Lindros. Oh, <laughs> that was back when I was really That's in hockey. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess Zion has all kinds of questions around him now. You know, no relation, by the way. Yeah, and this Wemby guy in the NBA, dude, he is, he looks like, uh, what's the character's name? Jack Skelton from uh, <laughs> yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like, uh, yeah, he he looks like he's gonna get broken in half. He like he's taller right. and lankier than than KD was. And it's like so I want to see how he operates and does he get pushed around by bigs or is he gonna play a small ball role? I don't know. It's it, it's gonna be fascinating to see how he plays in in the NBA because uh, he's different than Durant. And uh, I just I see that frame and I'm like, yeah, give me LeBron's frame all day. I, this Whoa. is this could be weird for, for when Bayana, but he's got a, uh, he's got a ton of skill for, for his size. It's freaky. 99% of our listeners know more about the NBA than I do, but I, I look at him and think that's the transcendent prospect. Now I know. when like, I first know, saw like, him, I was like, come on, no way. And you watch a player like, Oh, he's got handles. He's kind of got a little, everything he's smart. Is, but I, I guess he doesn't have to guard Shaq anymore. Those guys don't exist. Right. At a certain point, like that's why there's not just like, you know, seven foot, tight ends in the NFL and wide receivers that you try right. to call up to because there's a physicality to it. There's not quite that in the NBA, but if he's trying to bang with big guys in the NFL, in the NBA, they're going to push him around a little bit. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like. And maybe this is crazy talk, but I heard some of these analysts say, you brought up Durant, that if he doesn't have a Kevin Durant or better career, he's a bust. I'm like, that's like saying you're going to be Elway or better, oh, yeah. right? I mean, you know, that, that's he's insane. in the Hall of Fame. And plus, I will say this too about NFL versus NBA. We deal with a lot of fans and a lot of, you know, fans are crazy. They're, they're, they're called, of they're, course, fan is short for fanatics. They're nuts, right? And uh, NFL has some crazy fans, some crazy fan bases, and it's, it's fun to interact with them sometimes. Sometimes it's like, oh my God. But NBA fans are 10 times more insane than NBA. Okay. Okay. They're nuts. They're out of their minds. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's finish up. Going on a tangent, but yeah, strange, Let's finish up this mailbag next and uh, get into the chat a little bit as well. Peacock and Williamson. I do want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. All right. I'm going to drop into the chat a little bit here. Um Joshua says, why are fantasy analysts treating Samaj P. Ryan like the next coming of Walter Payton and Jim Brown combined? Well, I'm on the other side of this, Josh. I mean, I'll be honest because I adore Javante Williams. I mean, I, at one point in Dynasty, people know I do Dynasty stuff. He was my number one Dynasty back right before his injury. I think he's a tremendous player. But his injury, and I hate talking about injuries, Looks like it's at least as bad as J.K. Dobbins was last year. And I know you and I, BP, have been doing this a long time. Every bit of news is, oh, we're optimistic. He'll be there at camp. And then two weeks into camp, he's on the pup list and hasn't quite done anything. And then he's questionable for week one. Then he's on the pup list and doesn't come back to week six. And I just think that's an ideal scenario. I mean, Sean Payton, despite everyone, he's an offensive genius guru, blah, blah, blah. But everyone looks at him like, boy, look at the numbers him and Breeze put up together. He's a run game at heart guy. I mean, he is a 21 personnel with a fullback or a blocking tight end, run the football. Their, their big acquisitions are a big mauling guard, a really good run blocking right tackle. And P. Ryan's the two. I mean, he's the clear handcuff to a, what I think I fear is a very injured running back. So 
we talk about this all the time on dynasty, you know, locked on dynasty, like people in dynasty make the, especially running back, make the mistake of, wow, I'll project him a year from now, blah, blah, blah. Almost just look at what am I going to get out of this dude in week one? It's a week to week league. And if that guy doesn't get the football a lot in week one, start him until the wheels fall off. If where would you rank Matt fantasy, uh, the, the fantasy community in between. So there's, if, if NBA fans are a 10 out of 10, yeah. And, and NFL fans are, you know, eight out of 10. Where would you put the mm. fantasy community? Are they crazier than the average NFL fan or, or not? Because I, I do probably see really, I see some really wild things that come out of the fantasy community. And sometimes I wonder if they're even watching the games or if they're just, uh, you know, looking at numbers all day, because there's, there's just some weird stuff that happens and they get so excited about a guy who's got a path to a few touches mm-hmm. and uh, you know and and i see that a lot it happens every off season and we talked about it yesterday alexander madison it's like okay right cool like it's gonna be his job the starter but he's alexander madison you know that's we we know who he is they're gonna draft another guy next year they're going to yeah. you know they're gonna filter in some other it's gonna be a, com- a committee backfield and you know p ryan's kind of the same thing there's, there, there's a lot of players like that where the fantasy community gets really excited about a player. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think we should calm down about this one guys. Yeah. I will say dynasty is a little calmer. And I think those people are a little more advanced slash smarter, especially the ones that listen to our podcast. I mean, they're, they're really well informed, obviously, no uh, <laughs> you know, some of the fly by night fantasy, but we all have those buddies that go buy a magazine the day of the draft and sit in there and drink a hundred beers and get wound up. I mean, that's obviously a different community. Yeah, and um, then uh, then you get mad when they win the league, and they're like, like "Oh, I, just, I was throwing yeah. darts at every pick, and I I hit on a couple of these league winners." And yeah, yeah, my main league, my buddy Sab will tell you he's the least involved of all of us, and he had the auto draft this year, and he was the runner up. I mean, first two picks were Kelsey and Allen, and he was he, he auto drafted and cleaned our clocks basically. So that makes you a little crazy. But people take it serious. I mean, of course you take it seriously because there's always money involved. You know, like. If I'm kind of a Steelers fan, I'm kind of a Niners fan, I may not lose any money over it, you know, like, but in fantasy, I'm probably losing cash if I stink and I hate Kyle Pitts now forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Guys, like, I hate you. You're the worst. I owed um, Ryan Matthews 10 years ago. I'll never owe him again. You know, there's some of those dudes. Like, yeah. About those two major league baseball players that got in a fight, like one guy slapped the other guy because they were mad about a fantasy football thing that happened during the off season before they got to uh, before the major league baseball season happened. And they were mad because somebody stashed somebody on IR uh, and and they kind of like got around the rules a little bit in their fantasy league. These baseball major league baseball Mm -hmm. players are are physically getting in a fight pregame in the outfield during warmups because of what happened in their fantasy football league. So Taysom Hill shouldn't qualify as a tight end. Let's fight. I had to. I want to throw something at you because you're a baseball dude, and we we had a fantasy segment on my Steelers show yesterday, and we were talking about Madison, and I used this example for him. Like people are looking at Madison like he is a starting pitcher, where he's really a long reliever. You know, like that. That's who I think he is. You know, like a starting pitcher, everyone gears up for him. I know his tendencies. I've he's got to get the ball in his hands every four or five days. But that long reliever has got a much easier path, and he kind of takes – that's the Madisons of the world to me, and I kind of avoid those guys. Yeah, you're a spot starter. You're not an, an ace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your ace gets blown up in the second inning, and you got to go a bunch, fine. But I can't throw you out there every five days. Yep. 
Uh, Chucky in the chat, Niner Gang in the house. Appreciate you. He says, could there have been a big, such a big drop in Debo's production because he was possibly in the Shanahan doghouse? Oh, the famous Shanahan doghouse. No, <laughs> Debo told us exactly what it was, and he said he was awful and out of shape. Like he took ownership of what he was last year. There was the big yeah. contract dispute. He was asking to be traded, and it was an odd off season. He didn't come in with the right outlook um, last season, and. It showed a little bit. He's in better shape. His his mind is right this year. And then later in the season, the McCaffrey, the McCaffrey thing happened. And I don't think that's been talked about enough from a 49ers perspective, Niners offense, and a fantasy perspective. Because the 49ers offense is going to have to become a much more high-volume offense if Kittle's going to get his, if Ayuk's going to get his. And if both Debo and Christian McCaffrey get theirs. Because one thing that's not talked about is, okay, McCaffrey did all this and it was awesome, but Debo wasn't getting the ball as much. Debo gets the ball more, McCaffrey's going to get it less because they operate in a similar area of the football field. So unless there's just much higher volume in the 49ers offense, somebody's not getting the football there. Yeah, I mean, even as you know better than me, I mean, Mitchell's going to get carries. You know, Juszczyk's going to touch the ball. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you – I don't think you and I talked about this, but Bill Barnwell put out his best skill position players 1-32. to 32, And the Niners were one, and I thought they clearly should be one. I mean – I got some blowback. What about the Bengals there too? I think the the Bengals or the Niners are clearly one, but the beauty of it, which is bad for fantasy, is why I think the the Niners should be one. Is when your fourth option is pick your poison out of those four. That's insane. You know, like maybe Mixon is the Bengals' third option or Boyd. They're not even close to the weapon that the Niners' fourth option is. Whether that's Ayuk or whomever, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's why it's going to be a little bit harder for Ayuk, as good as he is, to break out because he mm -hmm. is the fourth option of that group. And if Debo's getting the ball more, that's less for McCaffrey, and it's less for Ayuk, and, and yeah. it's less for Kittle, too. Um, and so, yeah, but I, I agree. And and I've seen a, a few lists being put out there. It is list season in the 49ers. When you consider tight end and running back in it, you know, with wide receivers, uh, that the 49ers have the best group. And so that's why you're I, excited yeah. for no matter who the quarterback is in San Francisco this year. Yeah, I mean, there's some great ones. Miami has two guys, though. You know, I mean, maybe Minnesota now has three or four, you know, or Seattle has a few. But nobody has four guys that could be a number one option on a lot of teams. Yep, I totally agree there. Um, and it, it kind of goes into this question. We've got to get out here. We're out of time. But Michael asked us, when the, when the Shanahan-type system – uh, when will the Shanahan type systems correct the quarterback contract market? Will Cousins be the last 30 plus million system quarterback? I have uh, no idea. I mean, you... I, I still think it's a quarterback driven league in the, yeah. the Shanahan system. To be honest with you, the Shanahan tree is growing so much that eventually people are going to, the, these defensive coordinators are going to find ways to make it more difficult and you're going to mm -hmm. need players to make plays. Uh, and I think actually we're going to see more middle class quarterback contracts. We're going to we're going to see Cousins kind of in that not Mahomes money territory, but he's going to be in above the Garoppolo Carr territory when he gets his new contract. So what we've seen with Garoppolo and Carr this offseason is the first time we've sort of seen a middle class, even though it's the same money that used to be the upper class of NFL quarterback dollar contracts. So I think the middle class of quarterback money is going to grow actually in the NFL. I so tend to think quarterback so. money is not going anywhere. Yeah, I tend to think so as well. Like when I read this question, I initially thought, 
when McVay and Goff were like coming off their Super Bowl appearance, there was a lot of talk of the Rams are really expensive. They're going to pay Donald and Cup and all their stars at the time. Is it smart to dump Goff and draft a second round guy or go sign Minshew? Yeah, whatever. And McVay will coach him up like crazy because he's got Gurley, Cup, Odell, blah, 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 you know? And instead, they took the opposite path. They dumped them right. for somebody that was an upgrade, you know? Right. And, and the 49ers are in such a weird won the spot. Super Bowl. They accidentally found this seventh-round quarterback. But like right. McVay, same offseason, the 49ers, were, were, they, were, they were sniffing around. Deshaun Watson might be the 49ers quarterback right now, if not for all that stuff that happened that January yeah. with him off the field. Because they were ready to spend three first-round picks on a quarterback. They they called the, and they basically uh, did on Lance. Yeah, and they called the, the Packers about <laughs> right, Rodgers. Right, right, right. Rodgers and the Packers said, "No way, we would trade Rodgers, and definitely not to you guys." And so they ended up trading up in the draft with all those picks. They were ready to make a move, and the, Stafford was somebody that I think they that, that was sort of a catalyst. Like, oh, God, the Rams got Stafford. So they tried to get better, and they ended up with a seventh round quarterback. Now that might be the guy. So mm-hmm. they they've all tried to upgrade. So the, everyone's fighting for quarterbacks, and that's yeah, not yeah. going to stop. I think that's just the way it's going to be. And it goes back to the Kyler conversation we had. Maybe Kyler's fine, but if I can do better, I'm going to do better. Thanks, everybody, for jumping in on this live edition of Peacock and Williamson. We'll be doing it every week, trying to grow the numbers here on the YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed up, hit the notification bell so you know when we go live and uh, have fun chatting with you guys in real time. And, of course, you can find us every day on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.